Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. Now, everyone in this room, you may not be going through a spiritual attack at this time, but you've been through one or at some point you will go through one. And so how we need to know how do we deal with that? You know, if we deal with it in our flesh or the way grandma did, that's no, that is no assurance. There's no guarantee that that's going to work. Most likely it's not going to work unless it is built on the word of God. That's where, that's where we find out about spiritual attacks. That's why when I hear that over 60% of people do not believe that the devil is real, when I hear that, I think, where are you in not reading your Bible? You should be reading your Bible. And if you read your Bible, you'll see that Jesus talked a lot about spiritual attacks, about the enemy and how to deal with him and what to do. And of course, the epistles tell us that too. And so, you know, and I said this and it bears repeating. And I said, charismatic believers, many times, everything, the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil. And it's almost like, will he glorify the devil instead of glorifying God? So that's not what I'm talking about. And at the same time, we've got a, 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 a large portion of believers so-called, now whether they are or not, I don't know. Only God knows that. But they call themselves believers, do not even believe in the devil. And so that means the enemy has them right where he wants them. Oh, well, that's just a coincidence. Well, that just happened. No, there's an enemy to the work of God. There's an enemy. Doesn't the Bible say, I have an open door of opportunity it's what Paul said. I have a great effectual. That means an, a large door of opportunity. But there are many adversaries. If Paul had adversaries, do you not think the church at Knoxville, Redemption Church, do you not think that there would be adversaries? Well, but I have good news for you. At the same time that there are many adversaries, there's many angelic beings right that are given to you and to me and to our church and to the work of God to help and assist. So we have angelic beings, but do you know that the angels do not even respond just to any old thing you say? What do they respond to? The Word of God. Angels hearken, the Bible says. They listen to hear you speak the word of God. And when you do, then that gives them license. See, God does everything in order. And he said, this is the way it's going to be. I put an order in my kingdom. And you speak my word and angels go to work. And the power of the word. Why do you think we call the television program, The Power of the Word, because we want to get across the point that the Word of God is powerful. We carry around with us, like this Bible to me, I carry it around everywhere. Now, I, I do read, you know, my daily reading a lot of times on, on my phone. I do. I've got my little app and I read it there. But I mean, I carry that Bible around everywhere. That's precious to me. Amen. 
I'm going to hold on to that. I'm going to protect it. That's the holy word of God. Not because, you know, just the leather and the pages. It's the power of God that's on the pages when we read it and when we speak it. And it gets in our hearts and our minds and it changes things. Amen? Amen. So, you know, the, the Christian... Our balance has to come with the Word of God, not what grandmother told us, not what Aunt Sue said. If it doesn't line up with this, and much of what I heard, not all, I mean, I had some good teaching too, but I heard a lot of religious tradition. Did you all? You know, I I just heard a lot of that. And then when I started reading the Bible for myself... It's like, that's not what the Bible says at all. And that's taken out of context what was said because I read it myself. We need to be like the Berean believers. We're searching the Word to find out what it says. I love good teachers and good preachers, don't you? I hope you do. And that's good, and we need that. I, I tell you, I get, I get nourished and strengthened when I listen to anointed ministers of the gospel. I was listening to Sister Aquila today, and boy, I tell you, she, there's just something about that woman. I mean, when she ministers, it resonates in my spirit. And it, it is, you know, I, I was just sitting there today, I was just talking to myself when I was listening to her because there's been two subjects recently that the Lord has been dealing with me on, and I'd start studying. I'd turn on her program, and she's talking about the same thing. Well, you know, it's the same Holy Spirit, but I don't know. I just feel a kindred spirit with her. But anyway, saying all that to say, uh, the Word of God being preached is powerful, and so is when you read the Word of God and you begin to speak it, that is powerful. It's miraculous. It'll never let you down. Things can let you down. People can let you down. But God's Word will never let you down. Say, God's Word will never let me down. Amen. Now, the enemy comes and plants a seed, if you will, in our minds. What is the seed? A seed, the seed in this case, is a thought. He wants to plant thoughts in our minds. If he can plant things in your mind, you're not going to make it. You know, this happened to so-and-so and they, they failed. They didn't make it. They died. You know, whatever. If he can just plant that little seed in your mind and you just let it roll around in your mind and you don't do anything with it, So you have to do some things with it, and we're going to talk about that in this point. John 10.10 in the New Living Bible, it says, The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. See, number one, you've got to know, okay, that there is an enemy called Satan. There is one. And then you've got to know 
that he steals, kills, and destroys. Okay, if anything steals, kills, and destroys, it's, if it's in that category, then we put it on the dark side with the enemy, okay? But sometimes through our religious teachings, we take those thoughts and we put them, well, that's God teaching me a lesson. That's God, you know, uh, I was disobedient and God did that to me. Now, do I believe that disobedience opens up the door to the devil to get into our lives? I'll be the first to say that. But don't contribute that to the Lord. He didn't do it. All the time, he wants to bring us out of that. He wants to help us come out of these attacks, come out not even smelling like smoke. If you know, when we've been in the fire, not even to smell like smoke. We need to be convinced then of who's doing what in our lives. Is it God? Is it the enemy? Okay. So there's a war in our minds. See, you know, you can be sitting here tonight and there can be all kind of things going on in your mind. You may be mad at your spouse. You may be mad at a coworker. And there, I mean, it can just be whirling around in there. And if you do not take authority over those thoughts and do the things that we're talking about here tonight to get that under control, that is going to uh, take root in your life and spring up. You know, the Bible says, take no thought by saying it. As long as that thought is here and not in your mouth, you know, the, speaking it is where the power is. Speaking it is where the power is to the Word of God or for those evil thoughts that the enemy puts in that are contrary to the attack, attacks that are against us. Take no thought by saying it. Uh, and why don't we just take a moment here and look over here at 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. We'll just go ahead and look at that. I'm jumping ahead. No, let's see. Is that right? No, it's 2 Corinthians 10. Um, I'm going to read... Um, with, start with verse number four, 2 Corinthians 10. It says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. I want to tell you, you have weapons. They are not earthly weapons. They are spiritual weapons. Everybody say spiritual weapons. Spiritual weapons. Spiritual weapons and they are not carnal, earthly. They're not like that. The kind of weapons, do you know the Word of God is a weapon? It's called a sword. You have the shield of faith. It's part of your weaponry. You have a helmet of salvation and deliverance. And that helmet is to be put over your head to protect your mind. You have protected me, protected my mind in the day of battle. See, you got the helmet. There's a protection for your, your thoughts, your head, if you will. And it's that helmet of salvation. And he goes on to say, but your weapons now, listen to this, these spiritual weapons are mighty through God to pull down 
strongholds. What is a stronghold? That's a fortress. That's something that's built up in the mind. That's where strongholds are. That's where uh, you, you take an area of, of uh, the country. Uh, you take a denomination or whatever. There's strongholds because there's a mindset that is attached to that. In certain cities, you know, they've got a mindset. They believe that uh, certain things should be a, a, a way that's contrary to God. And because of that, there's strongholds, there's spiritual fortresses that are set up in those areas. But now at the same time, God has given us the ability to overcome the strongholds. Whether if it's we work together to overcome them or in our own spiritual lives to overcome, we can do that. Amen? And, and God's weapons are mighty through Him. It's not your own determination. It's not how, you know, you can grit and bear it. No, it's through God. And it pulls, it yanks down those strongholds. It does not leave those strongholds in place to continue to attack and continue to control. We have an authority in our life. Oh, come on. We have an authority in our own life. We don't, you know, there are times where, I mean, and, and I've shared this before, especially when I've led prayer meetings, but there are times where, you know, I would just be going through just a, a, just a horrendous attack and just feel the pressure and the thoughts and, you know, everything that the enemy is throwing at me. And I mean, in the middle of that, it's like God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, begins to rise up on the inside of me. And I may feel like a weakling, but I'm saying, no, bless God in the name of Jesus. You're not doing this to me. I see your lies. I bind your power and I cast you out. And when you do that, there is power in your words. Because the force of faith is at work at that time when you begin to counter it. And the enemy wants to keep you down. He wants to keep you beaten. He wants to keep you discouraged. And if he can do that, but it's like if you will allow the Holy Spirit of the living God that's on the inside of you to begin to rise up and you begin to speak that out, even though you don't it, it maybe even feel like it's going to do, but you just begin to speak that and you begin to watch your situation turn around. Nobody can stop God's people if they won't be stopped. You can be stopped on every hand if you just lay down and say, okay, that's just the way it is. But I believe that in this last day and in this hour, God is raising up a glorious church and we are not going to be a weak need church. We're going to be a church full of his power. Well, a few of you get excited. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So we got to uh, remember this, that the weapons are mighty through God to pull down these strongholds. Now listen to this. Casting down imaginations. Now, what do you think this word imagination is? It's an argument. It's a rebuttal. In other words, if God says something, there's going to be an argument. Yeah, but what about this? You look at this one. They didn't, you know, and here he goes. There's a rebuttal. There's an argument that comes to our minds where the strongholds are built up. And he said, 
Now, see, you could say, and you cast down imaginations. You could say that yeah. and, not, and not be adding anything to it. Cast down imaginations. When you cast something, what do you do? You hurl it. You don't embrace it. You don't hold hands with it. You get it away from you as fast as you can. You know, I go out, out on my back porch on Mondays when it's my day off, and I go out there and I'm cleaning up, and you know what, bugs and, you know, I mean, I had two squirrels out there the other day on my back porch. It's like, ah! <laughs> But anyway, you know, you go out there, and I'm, I've got my cleaning uh, uh, claws and everything, and I'm cleaning up out there, and then you come across some bugs and insects and all that kind of stuff, and I can tell you, I just... Get it out of here, you know. Get it away from me. That's the way we need to be when it comes to the, the work of the enemy trying to implant in our minds thoughts that are contrary to God and to the overcoming victory that he gives us. We need to just cast them away like they're repulsive to us. You know, not embrace it, not say it's okay. Now, he said, casting down imaginations or these arguments and every high thing. You know what a high thing is? That's a principality and power. Every high thing, that's a demon that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. See, God's, what is the knowledge of God? The knowledge of God is the scripture, the Bible. This is the truth. This is God's knowledge. This is information for the Christian to live by. It's what he's left. It's his last will and testament. Do you want to know what's in your inheritance? Your last, it's his last will and testament. Then you read it. I don't know about you, but you know, if you have loved ones that have gone on to be with the Lord and they've left an inheritance and you're a part of that inheritance... Don't you want to know what it is? Oh, no, I don't need to know. Well, I would want to know. I want to know. I'm coming, to, I'm coming in when you talk about this. Okay, well, when God talks about things in the Word of God, we need to feel the same way because this is our inheritance. Oh, I've heard that before. You better get some faith in your heart. You better get into faith instead of unbelief and doubt. You better get into faith. I've heard all that. Nothing ever changes for me. I do. You're a liar. You say, well, that's harsh. That is, isn't it? That's very nasty. But I'm trying to shock you right here. Because God does not tell lies. You might have tried something and it didn't work. But I guarantee you, you didn't do it God's way and it not work. Because you've got a foundation that holds you up. And everything can be sinking, but you're going to stand. Can you say amen? amen? All right. So you have to cast down these things. You have to uh, take each thought, get rid of it. And then what do you do? You replace it with what the scripture says. 
If you, you know, I've said this before, in the past, I've had to deal with fear. It it was something that was just real heavy in my life. And that's, that's terrible. And some of you know what I'm talking about. But you see, then when I started reading my Bible and, and 366 times the Bible says, fear not, then you better get a clue that he doesn't want you to fear. Fear will neutralize your faith. Isn't that right? And, and all of us, we've been in, in situations where fear would try to overpower us, would try to come against us, yeah, and it does. But it's all designed to stop us. And if you'll just push on through that, if you'll just push on through it. You know, uh, I was in prayer one day, night actually, and... Um, I, I, I was praying over our city and I was praying some certain things. And I mean to tell you there, uh, there was this, uh, being like it looked, it was a, it was a warring angel. It wasn't God's warring angel either. And it, I mean, it just appeared. And I mean to tell you the hair stood up on the back of my neck and it was like, oh my gosh, what am I doing here? You know, I'm in the wrong place. And it was like something just began to write no. You're in the right place and you're praying a prayer and you're standing against evil forces of darkness. God is using you right now, so don't you back up and don't you get into fear. See, giving a person that that can do that real easy. And so I said, okay, in the name of Jesus. And I started charging right where I saw it. And then when I got to where it was, it was gone. See, you got... You, sometimes you have to do things afraid. Did you know it? Sometimes you have to do things afraid. Now, see, I, I, sometimes I'm a little cautious to even tell a story like that because then everybody gets, you know, I won't say everybody, but then some people can take it wrong and then they get real flaky. Don't get flaky. Let God reveal things to you and, and let it be a work of the Holy Spirit and the, let Him take you into things. Don't, don't try to manufacture it and think it up, Okay. So I'm just saying that to just bring some clarity into it. Amen. All right. Um, we're, we're talking about now this mind game and some things related to the mind game. You have to remember that the devil is the father of lies. Say that. Say that he's the father of lies. If he tells you something, it's a lie. He may just tell, you know, see, it's the way he did Jesus. You remember when he tempted him? He might say just a little bit that that was right, but then he adds something to it and distorts it and twists it and makes something out of it, and it's a lie. So you just have to remember the enemy's a liar. Now, if you if you uh, are petrified, oh, the devil, I'm under, I don't, don't take what I'm saying here tonight. I hope you don't and do that because you are not a weakling in the spirit. I'm telling you how to be forewarned and forearmed and not give in and not talk about the devil. I, I remember I heard a preacher say this. He was in an old country church, you know, and the people in there and would stand, they'd always give testimonies. And one, of, one woman stood up one night and she said, the devil's been against me all week. Bless his holy name. And I'm thinking, see, she was thinking, bless the name of the Lord. But really, 
That's what she meant to say, but she said it the way it was. The devil's been against me, bless his holy name. Then we give blessing to the devil, you know, give glory to his name instead of the Lord. So we don't need to be doing that, do we? But he's the father of lies. God's word is the ultimate truth, and the devil's word is a lie, and we just need to remember that. Then I want us to think about uh, we need to protect our faith when we're talking about this powerful mind game. We need to protect our faith, and uh, Hebrews eleven six says, Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Hebrews 11.1 1 out of uh, Moffat's translation says, Faith means we are confident of what we hope for and convinced of what we do not see. See, some people think hope is walking in faith, but it isn't. Now, you need hope because let's read this. It says, faith means we're confident of what we hope for. So we need to be hoping for some things. But some people leave it there. Now, listen, and uh, confident of what we hope for and convinced of what we do not see. In other words, walking by faith. That's very important. You need to have hope because that keeps your, your faith alive. It keeps you going. But you can't have faith on, or hope only. You've got to put faith with your hope, and it will bring it to you. Amen? Now, I want to tell you these things. You need to get into faith. One, one scripture says, examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. Examine yourself. It didn't say, you know, for me, Amber, to come into your life and, you know, check everything out, make sure you... No, he said, you take care of you. You examine your own life. You determine whether you're in the faith or not. See, don't, don't, don't kid yourself. Don't kid yourself. Uh, uh, see, I've seen this many, many times. I've seen, you know, we put the um, charismatic lingo to work. You know, but, but then we're talking the whole time when we're out of, you know, being in front of people that I don't know if we want to impress or what we want to do. I don't know. I don't know why we do what we do. But, you know, then the minute you get away from, you know, the friends that are, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, rah, rah, you know, we're, we're Jesus people. We live by faith. And then you walk out and you'd never know it. See, don't live like that. I've seen people live like that for years. I determined I was not going to do that. The way I am in church, I'm going to be on fire for God in the back room the same way. I'm not going to be two people. And that's important. That's really important. But we need to get into faith. Everybody say, get into faith. What do I mean? I mean, stop living a life of only hoping or unbelief and doubt and saying that you believe something, but living like, you know, another way. Get into faith and then don't fear. Don't fear. Can you say amen? Amen. I was reading uh, just the other day, I was reading the story about the disciples out in the, uh, on the, the lake, in the water, and the storm came. Jesus even told them, go, I want you guys to go get in that ship 
and get out there on that water and go to the other side. Well, it really, I guess, took faith for them to do that because they, you know, being fishermen, um, they probably knew that lake and they probably knew weather patterns and how to look for certain things and all that. And so if that storm came, they probably knew, they probably understood they were like weathermen. You know, I'm sure those fishermen were, you know what I'm saying? They could read things. They, they would know things. And so, but they did it anyway. They got in the ship and they're going across and then the water uh, just uh, became uh, violent, the waves, and they were just tossed about, and they were in such fear. And, and I, what Jesus said to them is just amazing to me. Now, here they were in the middle of the storm, okay? They're in the middle of the storm, and Jesus came to them, and he said, be of good cheer. Can you imagine that? You're in the middle of a storm and God said, be of good cheer. You may be in the middle of a storm, but you be of good cheer. Mm. He said, it is I. I'm the one that's going to help you and make sure that when you're in good cheer, you're happy, you're rejoicing, you're thankful, you do not fear because I'm going to bring you out. I'm going to take you. He told them, get in the boat. I'm taking you to the other side. Well, I want to tell you, in the storms of life, he tells us to get in the boat of life, and you are going to the other side. And the storms may be out there, uh, and, the, and the waves tossing you everywhere, but hear Jesus' words. Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not fear. Can you imagine that, hearing those words? And I can just imagine they're saying, yeah, that's easy for you to say. <laughs> no, he knew what it was like to be in the storm too. And he knew he was going to take them safely where they needed to be. And so we need to get into faith and we need to not fear and we need to be of good cheer. When attacks come and things happen, you know, and it happens. It happens to everybody. But you can overcome it. Amen? That is for sure. And then, uh, I'm not going to talk about that. I've already talked about that a little bit. And it's about time for me to be over here. I'm going to finish up um, here and just talking about... I, I just want to talk a little bit more about strongholds. I, I'm, I know it's probably out of order because I've already talked about that, but I want to come back to say this because I, I didn't. In 1 Timothy 4.1, if you want to take your Bible and turn there, you can. 1 Timothy 4.1. And I'm going to finish this point up. All right. Now the Spirit, who is this Spirit? This is the Holy Spirit, speaks expressly. Now, when you hear that, it really means the Holy Spirit speaks with emphasis. Now, if I were talking to you personally, and I said, I want to make a point with you, I want to share something with you, and I really want to emphasize this, 
See, then, then it would pull you in, wouldn't it? It would make you want to listen a little more closely, don't you think? So he says, now the Spirit speaks expressly or with emphasis that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. Okay, so we know that. That's not a shock to us. We know that people who serve the Lord are going to turn their back on Him in the end times. Now listen to this. But these people, when they turn their back on the Lord, they give heed or they pay attention to seducing, deceiving spirits. Now how do those deceiving spirits get in there? They plant thoughts in the mind that becomes a stronghold. I'm seeing it all the time in ministry and I'm not calling any names and I don't want to, you know, get into, you know, that kind of thing. But these, well, he says seducing spirits and what's the next word? Doctrines of devil. The doctrine, this is teachings. This is teachings of devils. The devil teaches. The devil has doctrine. Do you know that the so-called church is being turned at this time? There's the true church, and then there's another church. And this church is being turned. They're departing the faith, and they're listening to deceiving, seducing spirits. They're being seduced. In other words, they're being deceived. They don't even know it. Oh, Oh, all roads lead to God. That sounds good. And if I, if I preach that, everybody's going to love me. Everybody's going to love each other. We're just going to have a love fest. And, you know, Jesus is going to be so happy. That's, that's deception. Because Jesus said, I am the way. No man comes to the Father except by me. So anything different than that, it's a doctrine of devils. And it's a seducing spirit. I don't think everybody's into that, but I think there's a large portion of the so-called church that that's the road we're going down right now. Now, I don't want to be in that, do you? Now, one way, you know, to, um, to not be deceived and, and to not receive a doctrine of devils is to make sure you stay in the Word. Isn't that right? You stay in the Word. You stay grounded. See, if everybody say grounded. grounded. The Word of God keeps you grounded. You know, if you've seen people and they start doing crazy things and, you know, you may have to talk to them and say, hey, hey, you know, come back to earth. Let's get grounded in that book. You're doing things that are flaky. You're saying things that are flaky. Let's get back into the book. And let that be the balance in our life. So we have to understand that this powerful mind game, when those things are going on, that there are entities that are evil and wicked that are at work. But again, we have all the power to overcome them. We don't have to be overcome by them. But remember, you cast down their thoughts when they come and you capture every thought, that means you bring it into obedience to the knowledge of God. Take that thought, you bring it in. Nope, that's not what the Word says. This is what the Bible says. This is what I believe. This is the way I live. And then you can get through the attack. You can get through, um, you know, whatever the enemy throws out there in your pathway to try, you know, 
if you, if you think about what the enemy does, he lays a trap, doesn't he? He lays a trap and he camouflages. You know, you, you see all the guys, any, any, any guys in the military in here, you know, you've been in the military. I know a bunch of you have, but maybe there's some still, you know. Um, and, and the thing about it is they wear the camo. And that's so when they get into, um, you know, get into an environment, they kind of blend in. Well, see, the enemy wants to make the traps that he sets for you. He wants to blend them into everything so that you don't know they're there and then you fall for them. But we don't have to, we don't have to be afraid. We get into faith and we're of good cheer. We overcome through faith, Right. We overcome this world system. We overcome what happens in this world through our faith. And every attack that the enemy wants to put out there before us to try to come against our lives. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Now, let me tell you this, and I'm going to close here in just a minute. But many times we think about, oh, my God, I, you know, I'm going through this and and and. And, and I don't know of anybody that's gone through what I'm going through. It's the worst uh, of the worst. You know, you, you kind of think that. But what does the Bible say in Corinthians? He said, there is nothing that has come against man that is not common to man. In other words, it's already, it's already happened to someone else, and the devil has no authority to go beyond that. He can't take it any further. What's common to man, what, what's been out there and what's happened. He can't take it any further. So there's a, even a limit there. But the thing about it is, take your authority. Stand in your authority. Use the name of Jesus. Use the blood of Jesus. And if I come back to this, I'll talk a little bit more about that. There's things, the word, the blood, the name. I've told you so many times in, in my preaching, you know, when... You talk about the blood, the enemy, can, the devil can, demon powers cannot stand the blood. Why do they want to take the blood out of the hymnals? Why? Because there's power in the blood. And I told you the story about when Eddie and I were working with a youth group in this Baptist church and we were seeing miracles happen. Those kids were getting born again. And even in the Baptist church, getting filled with the Holy Spirit, we were having a runaway revival. And when I say that, I mean it. We weren't just talking about it. Weren't we, Valerie? She was there and she knows. But I remember we were having our Bible study in the basement of that little Baptist church and a lady had called the pastor and he had said, my son is a wreck. He is a mess. I've got to have some help. Will you help me? And so the pastor um, calls us and he said, I know y'all are having that Bible study there tonight. I'm going to bring this young man in. I want you all to help me pray for it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. You know, we didn't know a whole lot. You know, we didn't, we didn't know a whole lot, but we knew about the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. And so, okay, so we're in the middle of that study and all of a sudden the door flies open and the pastor has got this young man, he's a, a teenager by one arm and his mother has the other and they're dragging him in and he's got paint, he's 
sniffing paint, and he's got paint in his hair, all over his clothes, and, and he can't even function. He, he's just a mess. And, and they're dragging him in there, and we're all, oh, my God, what in the world? You want us? I mean, that's the way, you know, you're feeling because it's like, I've never done this before. So, but anyway, so we said, well, bless God, you know, you, you trust us, Lord, and we're going to do what we, we know to do. And so we started praying. We started casting out. We started doing everything that we knew to do. And then finally, what we, we, we determined, the pastor, Eddie, and I, we determined that we needed to take that young man into a, a little prayer room that was off of the big area where we were. And we took him in there and we began uh, to to just pray over him. And then all of a sudden, everybody just broke out and singing, oh, the blood of Jesus, oh, the blood. And I mean, that that boy was down in the floor and he was writhing like a snake and, you know, just going crazy. And then all of a sudden, he stopped in the middle of it and looked up at us and he said, can't you sing, will the circle be unbroken? And ever since then, I mean, Johnny Cash sang that song, and, uh, you know, I kind of like to hear him sing that. But, but it's like that told me right there, there's no power in that song. <laughs> sing that song so this devil can have his way. <laughs> and we're singing, there's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. So remember that, you know, when, when you get attacked, use the, the name of Jesus and use the blood of Jesus. Put, you know, talk about it, speak about it and put the word of God in your heart and your mouth and, and don't allow the enemy to just run over your life. You have authority over him. You're a partner with God. Jesus, when he went to heaven, you remember we read it and he said, I'm going but I give you authority down here on the earth. You take the authority that I have. I'm partnering with you, and you cast out the devil wherever you find him. That means deal with him. Don't go, don't go looking for him. I tell you, don't go to the movies and see The Exorcist or any of those. I'm telling you, you better not. You're going to get something on you. you. You look at those people's lives that make those movies and what happens to them. You don't mess around with something like that. But I'm going to tell you, when it, it comes your way and the attack is on, you've got the name, you've got the word, and you've got the blood. Use it. Use your authority and don't back up. And be of good cheer. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.